When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, let's get to Wednesday's game. Uh, very frustrating loss Tuesday, by the way, as we pointed out. I mean, just leaving guys on base, Alvarez in a big spot, the home run by Bogart's late, just you add it all up. It was a very, very frustrating loss. We get to Wednesday's game, the finale of this series, a game that felt, I don't want to call games important in April, but I think for our psyche it was important because, like I mentioned at the top of this pod, our mood for the next 48 hours as Met fans was going to be dictated by how they do here you win the game it's a winning homestand you win the game it's a winning series it's tough to get two nuts when you just went four and two and by the way you beat a team that everyone seems to think is going to the world series like that's that's a good series win so from that standpoint there's a real swing on wednesday's game you win this game we feel good you lose this game ah this team sucks and it couldn't have started off any worse tyler mcgill Gives up a two-run, I didn't want to call it a bomb. I, I, what, what the hell would you call what Juan Soto did? I mean, he destroyed a baseball. I don't think it's landed. They said it was 450. I think everybody's a liar. I think it was 500 feet. And the Mets are down 2 nothing. It feels like old times. Juan Soto hitting bombs against the Mets. And to make matters worse, if that's not bad enough, Blake Snell puts the first two guys on base in the bottom of the first inning. Lindor strikes out. Alonzo singles, but nobody scores. Bases loaded, one out, and they do nothing. Mark Canna pops up the first. McNeil grounds out, and they literally waste a bases loaded, one out jam. The Mets numbers with the bases loaded this year have got to be putrid. They got to be bad. (laughs) They've got to be. But what I thought was so important was in the second inning, they got a run back. And that was big. Tommy Pham singles, steals a base. Tomas Nito and Eduardo Escobar blow. And Brandon Nimmo comes up with a huge RBI double. Lindor hits the home run to tie it. And by the way, this entire time, Tyler McGill is settling down. Because I really thought, even when the Mets scored the run in the second and scored a run in the third, McGill was going to implode at some point. But he got through trouble in the second, pitched a one, two, three, third, got a huge out in the fourth inning and pitched a really good fifth inning. And before you know it, Tyler McGill gives you five solid innings and it's let's call it a day. And I get why Buck was maybe eager to take him out. Uh, First of all, the heart of the order was coming up third time around. So why are you screwing around? And number two, you know, with an off day, you can really unload the bullpen. Robertson's going to be available. Adovino's going to be available. Drew Smith's going to be available. Brooks Raley's going to be available. And if you got five from McGill, you figure, okay, I could piece together the rest of this game. And the Met offense is chipping away. Pete Alonzo hits a home run. They get some help by a bad uh, defense by San Diego. Tomas Nito grounds in one of the worst double plays ever. Again, bases loaded, nobody out. And is this where you wanted to pinch hit, Pete? Is this the moment bases loaded, nobody out, Nito up in the six? You want to go Vogelback? Yes, because you have Alvarez that can go in right after him. Yeah, you texted me this. I'm not 
I'm not going to argue with you about it because I get it. Like, yeah, let's go for the kill. Bases loaded, nobody out. Tomas Nito sucks. Like, I can't argue. I think that you're afraid sometimes in the sixth inning of unloading your bench, and you're going to have to use half your bench. I mean, think about it. You use Vogelbach. That, that chip is gone because, again, he's not staying in the game. You're now using Alvarez to replace him, and so now you're down to LeCastro and Guillaume, and it's the sixth inning when you do it. But I understand your point of you don't know how many opportunities you're going to get. It's bases loaded, nobody out. Like, go for the jugular. You know, why the hell not? Work or walk, baby. Let's go. <laughs> that would pay off. And by the way, at the time, it's three to two, just to keep in mind. Mets have a lead. It's not a big lead. And I said to Lugie, who was at the game with me, as Nito stepped up, and I should have phrased it better because it ended up biting me in the ass. I said, Luke, if he grounds into a double play, I'd be thrilled because we get a run home. Give me that run. So what does he do? He hits a ball to third. Manny Machado steps on third and throws home and gets your, you know, your normal 5-5-2 double play. And I don't know if you saw this on TV because maybe they said it. I'm at the game. I thought Machado could have turned three if he really wanted. I thought because he was on the bag immediately. He throws the second. Nito is slower than me. They're turning a triple play. And that would have been the most Nito moment ever that bases loaded. Nobody out. He grabs into a triple play. Uh, dude, I just was cursing. If they said anything, I missed it because I was just F-bombing left and right. Like I was screaming in the newsroom like a madman. It was frustrating. It was very frustrating. And credit to Nimmo, who I thought was the star in a lot of ways of Wednesday's game. He had the RBI double in the second, and he bails this team out with an RBI single. So even after what appears to be blowing the bases loaded, nobody out shot, Brandon Emmo comes through with an RBI single. Tommy Pham comes through with an RBI single in the seventh. And again, we saw Buck do what I love, which was I got to use my best pitcher in the biggest moment of the game. So go back to the seventh inning. This is before the Mets tacked on another run. So they're up by two runs at the time, 4-2, top of the seventh inning. You've got Drew Smith trying to work his way through the seventh. Smith, to his credit, got a big strikeout to end the sixth. Now he's being asked to start the seventh inning, gives up a leadoff walk, strikes a guy out, gives up another walk, gets Machado to fly out. So it's 4-2, first and third, two outs in the seventh with Juan Soto up. This is, I love it. It's a no-brainer, but three years ago, nobody does it. The Mets have already used Brooks Raley. So who do you trust to take on Juan Soto as the go-ahead run with two outs in the seventh inning? The only guy you would, David Robertson. And when I saw David warming up in the seventh inning, ah, I was so giddy. I was saying to Lugie, this is great. This is, this is what I love about Buck. For all the heat I'm going to put on him for other things, I love this. And I think managers around baseball starting to get it. Like, well, why am I saving a guy for the ninth inning? So he goes to him to get Soto, gets him out. That's when I had to leave the game, by the way, because we're obviously coming on after the Yankee game. Yankee game is starting to move. So when you go to one of these weekday afternoon games, I, I, I make a kind of the commitment of, I know I'm leaving early. It sucks. I hate leaving early. 
I don't have a choice. I got to make the show. But I picked a good time to leave, right, Pete? Right after Robertson got Soto to pop up the left field. No, it was beautiful. And 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 I and when he walked when he went in there, I go, this is this is perfect. This is this is what we want. And I know I knew how happy you would be, and I'm glad it paid off. I I, I got to stop making a big deal out of it. I, I make a big deal out of it because it still feels so new. But Buck showed us last year with Edwin Diaz. This is the way you manage. And I give Showalter so much credit for this because he's an old school guy. And it's such a new school thing, even though it seems so basic. And David Robertson, kudos to him. He gets Soto out, gets in and out of trouble in the eighth inning. Guy's been great. Couldn't have asked for more from David Robertson. And obviously, they then flip-flop. Ottavino pitches the ninth. He's a little shaky. He's walking Trent Grisham. He's falling behind Manny Machado. And then sort of gets lucky. Machado lines out to the double play, 4-6-3. And the Mets win the game. But a really good win. Great effort by this bullpen. And think about this, Met fans. And this is the way baseball is. Series to series, day to day. Our fears go one way. Our worries go another way. I think you walked out of this series saying, ah, offense has to do more. But a few days ago, we were concerned about the pitching. How good was the pitching in this series? You're facing the San Diego Padres. And think about what they did. They shut them out in game one. They hold them to one run in game two until the ninth, still only give up four runs against them, and then give up two runs in the finale. They gave up six runs in three games against the San Diego Padres. And to be fair, besides Scherzer, there was no Cody saying it. There was no Justin Verlander. It was Peterson, McGill, and the bullpen. Well, it's the bullpen because Peterson goes five and two-thirds, McGill goes five, Scherzer goes five. So you asked for, let's see, eight, 11 and a third from your bullpen. And they did the job. Let's be perfectly honest. The Met bullpen outside of the three-run home run that Denny Reyes gave up in game two was marvelous. And this is not an offense to sneeze at. They didn't do this because sometimes it's easy. Ah, it's the Marlins. Yeah, it doesn't get... They did it against the Padres. So for all the negatives we may bring up, I mean, that is a major positive that your pitching was able to hold down this offense to just six runs in three games. No, and this is huge because if they lost this series, I think a lot of people would have deflected and be like, well, it's the Padres. They're going to they're gonna be one of the best teams in the league. So it's okay that they didn't win the series. So the fact that they we flipped the script, with not having a great offensive uh, production as we need, but the pitching was there, uh, that that's that's a big deal. Look back where we were last year in playoffs, how we got you know ran out of town in our own ballpark. It's just big revenge for us. Yeah, it doesn't like take away what happened last year. Last year sucked. They lost the series that mattered, but they beat a good team. That's the way I look at it. I don't even equate it to last year. I look at it as the Mets won a series against a nationally contender. If you're ranking the contenders in the National League, I think there are three teams that jump out at you and exclude the Mets for a second. I think it's the Atlanta Braves, the L.A. Dodgers, and the San Diego Padres. And the Mets just won up. They won a series against one of them. And they're going to get a crack against the Dodgers coming up next week because the Mets now embark on a West Coast trip. A couple of things to clean up before we get to the West Coast trip. The Verlander update is he's going to St. Lucie. He's going to make a rehab start. He's not going to pitch it on the West Coast. It looks like they're gunning for some time on the homestand coming up. 
They take on Washington and Atlanta when they come home. I don't know if they're going to – not that it matters with Verlander, but I don't know if they want him making his debut against the Braves. Maybe a kind of a softer landing spot. So I'd look, assuming there's no setback, for Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday against the Nationals. Just predicting. You know, because I I know it's Verlander, so maybe they're not afraid of that. But wouldn't you want first start back, give him a nice little soft landing spot? Yeah, you know, let, let, let him face Dom Smith a few times. <laughs> Dom's doing nothing, by the way. Everybody's got to calm down about that. He's in like 280, but he's got no home runs, no OPS. Like, let's just, uh, let's stop freaking out. Edwin Diaz met the media, and Edwin seems, hey, I could come back. Hey, I'm feeling really good. It's on the table. I'll be back in October. Put it out of your mind. Not Edwin's mind. I think it's great that Diaz wants to do that. But for me as a Med fan, for everybody listening, don't think of Edwin Diaz. Edwin Diaz is very, very likely to not come back. If he does, I think that's amazing. But let there be games for him to come back too. Let's not assume October's a birthright. It's not. We're not the Yankees fans, okay? We got we to gotta get there. That's for sure. Uh, Marte came back quick, so that was good. Only ended up missing one game. Um, Adam Adovino is doing the Carmelo Anthony three to the dome? What are we, what are we doing? <laughs> I read about that the other day. Like, Adam Adovino, when he, I guess when he strikes a guy out on three pitches or he strikes out the side, he does the mellow three to the dome? What's that about? I feel like I've seen him do that in the past, but he didn't really put two and two together. Yeah, I, I didn't really... either. He, but he has done it in the past. Yeah, apparently he's a Nick fan. He likes Mello. He's from Brooklyn. All right, fine. That's fine. All right, the the Alonzo War thing. We have well, to get to this. Can we just? I just want to throw one more funny thing in there before Go we ahead. get to the real serious stuff. Yeah. So guess who made his debut in San Francisco today? Oh, Darren Ruff. I know he got a big RBI double. Listen, let's get this out of the way. Darren Ruff's going to do well with the Giants. All right, let's just let's just speak it. It's going to happen. The guy, for whatever reason, and I feel horrible because he kind of told the truth. His his father passed away right before he was traded. I feel horrible for him. And I and I get you're a human. You get traded. It's not as easy as like just flipping a switch. Darren Ruff didn't work in New York. He didn't. There are guys that just don't play well here. Joey Gallo was a recent example with the Yankees. He did not work here. I don't want to hear his comments about the media and the fans, how we're all in line. Dude, you hit 130, okay? No no excuses. You didn't hit. Darren Ruff needed to be released. He was. We all wanted it. We now have to accept he's going to hit for the Giants. There's a chance he's going to hit the Mets next week too, by the way. Like, that's all on the table. And you know what? Just deal with it. It's just Joey Gallo's coming to Yankee Stadium this weekend. He may hit a home run. There's no regrets. No Yankee fan should have a regret. We shouldn't have a regret. So let's get this out of our mind about Darren Ruff. A guy could go hit 350. Do you think he was going to do it here? You all screamed and yelled that he needed to be caught. I joined you. I assured you he wasn't going to be on the major league roster. He's not. We then can't bitch about him performing. Is that fair? It's, it's very fair, but it's just very ironic that he'd go out there. The first thing he'd do is hit an RBI double. I know. And the, the, the Giants are like the weirdo Mets with Wilmer Flores and Michael Conforto and Darren Ryan. They got Mets all over the place. It's crazy. Who am I missing? They have somebody else. Oh, J.D. Davis. J.D. Davis. Of course. How do you Mets are going to see all these guys next week. It's going to be horrible. <laughs> <It's> gonna be <laughs> terrible. 